Well, if you're like a lot of people, the word Thanksgiving carries with the two feelings, hunger and stress. Shannon and I are hosting Thanksgiving dinner at our house tomorrow. And I'll tell you what, getting ready for it has made me feel a little bit of both. Um, we've already done most of the cleaning, I think, right? Most of it. Uh, we, we still have to uh, clean the, the handprints off the, Brian and Caitlin's handprints off the windows and the mirrors because if we won't, don't wait till the last minute, those things just reappear like that. Um, but we still have a lot to think about. There's the food questions, of course. What time does the turkey go in? Is there enough room in the fridge? Do we have enough drinks? Should we just use paper plates instead? And then, and I have to tread really lightly here because my in-laws are here right now. Um, there's, the, there's the question around the guests. What are they expecting? Are they going to come dressed up? Are they going to come casual? Are, are there any topics we should or shouldn't talk about at the table? And most of all, is it okay with my mother-in-law if football is on TV from 1230 to 9? <laughs> we'll see. Um, well, we, we worry about things like Thanksgiving because we want to make it into a perfect and peaceful celebration for ourselves and for our guests. But Paul's message is different. He says, stop worrying about trying to create your own peace and look to God. Before we look closer at his words, let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our Lord and our Redeemer. Tonight, may the peace of your word work its way deep into our hearts and our souls as we prepare to enter the busyness of the holiday season. Amen. In our scripture tonight, uh, Paul wrote a letter to a church family that was worried and was seeking peace. We're looking at Philippians 4, Philippians 4, 4 through 7. It's on page 955 of the Black Bible in front of you if you want to follow along. In Philippians 4.4, Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. A little bit of background. This letter comes um, late in Paul's ministry. He's writing it from prison to a church that's planted in one of uh, Rome's most eastern provinces. The church in Philippi is it's not a church that's enjoying peace at the moment. In fact, it's a pretty worried church. One reason for this is the eastern provinces um, in particular were some of the most fertile ground for what we might call the cult of the emperor. Where the, where the emperor of Rome was most deified. At the time Paul is writing, the current emperor here is Nero, and he had been given the Greek title of Kyrios and Soter, or Lord and Savior. This meant that every public event in Philippi, like the sports events and the parades that we'll celebrate tomorrow, all those events took place to give honor to Nero, their Lord and their Savior. It was, we know, the small Christian church that Paul is writing to had an allegiance to another Soter, another Savior, Jesus Christ. And because of this, they suffered from methodical persecution from their neighbors. In his letter, Paul tells the Philippian Christians that they will have peace. To me, that's hard to believe. 
How are they supposed to find peace when they're worried that the next person that knocks on their door might be there to drag them away? How do they find peace when they're trying to navigate a society full of contradictory values? How do they find peace when they daily try to, when they are daily trying to figure out what it means to live in a chaotic world, to live in it, but to not be of it? For the Philippians, peace was a dream and they had every right to worry. In a lot of ways, we do too. We live in a particularly anxious time. Our country is divided and our world seems on the edge of chaos. We're wrestling with how to live as a church in a world that can seem a lot like a lot modern day Rome. And then on top of that, there's the daily worries of our personal lives. That's why Paul's words here are so relevant to us today. He longed for the Philippians to find their peace in God. And it's no different for us. Peace in God is our purpose and mandate as followers of Christ. But how do we get there? I think it's by reorienting ourselves. And I think this is a great time of the year to do that reorienting. Look at verse 5 again. That little phrase. The Lord is near. The church in Philippi was navigating a world that worshipped other lords. But Paul was assuring them that their king is near. It's the same for us. Because of Jesus Christ, we are assured that our final citizenship is in a different kingdom. The kingdom of God. Our task today is to reorient ourselves to that kingdom. This evening, we are entering a season where each time we walk into a store, we see, we hear songs about Jesus, about joy and peace. Yet those songs are just background music to our determined search for a perfect gift or our frantic last minute run to the grocery store. In this season of go, 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 I want to follow Paul's lead and suggest a practice that will help us in our reorientation. That practice is give, give, give. I propose we need to give joy, we need to give gentleness, and we need to give our requests. Paul's letter to the Philippians starts and finishes with the theme of joy. Chapter 4 that we're looking at now is, is, is really the beginning of the end of his letter. Here is his, these are, chapter 4 is his closing words. He's trying to get them basically to remember the main points of everything he said prior to this. Um, how can I put it? Paul's words uh, kind of remind me of when I was a youth soccer coach. Picture it with me. It's Saturday morning. The team's about to take the field. And I know that they don't remember anything from the practices from the week before. <laughs> so I gather them around. I look them in the eye. And I, right before they're about to go on the field, I say, if you remember one thing, it's this. Spread out. I say it again, spread out. <laughs> As he closes his letter, Paul wants his audience to remember one thing. Rejoice. That's why he says it twice. But what does the church in Philippi, and what do we, for that matter, have to rejoice in? The Lord is near. We can rejoice that the world around us is temporary. 
that our citizenship is not to Rome or to this world, but is to a greater kingdom with a greater soter. Paul exhorts us to remember to do one thing, and that is to rejoice. He tells us to give joy to God in response to not where we are, but where we are assured to be. Let's rejoice this season. Let's give joy. The second exhortation that Paul makes is that we give gentleness. We're still in verse 5, but we're backing up a little bit here. He says, let your gentleness be known to everyone. Everyone. Think what this meant to the Philippians. He was not asking them to just be gentle to each other in their, their little church. He was exhorting them to be outwardly gentle to everyone. To be loving towards their neighbors no matter who those neighbors were, and gentle towards a society that was hostile to them and their beliefs. We can't overlook this command. It directly precedes the kingdom phrase we just looked at, the Lord is near, for a reason. We are to act in gentleness towards everyone because it is a part of our kingdom character. Love is who we are. Love is what defines us. Love is who we were meant to be. This means it's not about what we bring to the table or how great a party we can throw. It's about our world interacting with us and experiencing through us that there is a kingdom, one of joy and gentleness, that is for them too. Here's my coaching moment to you. If you only take one thing away from tonight, may it be this. We will never fully experience God's peace unless we participate in God's mission of gently bringing his love to our world, to everyone. Let's give gentleness. And finally, Paul prompts us to give, our, give God our requests. He says, do not worry. Well, that's not easy. Like the Philippians, our worry is real. We live in a world of conflicting values false idols, dangerous streets, inequality, threats of war, disease, pain, loneliness, not loss, natural disasters, to name a few. We live in a world of ongoing things to worry about. Believe me, I know. I have a scar right here on my chest that reminds me about how much time I've spent over the past year and a half worrying. See, this fall, I found myself lying on the surgeon's table for the second time in as many years. Yet again, the doctors were going in to biopsy my lymph nodes. We needed to see if lymphoma was the reason I was so sick. The surgery was just another step on a long, long road. For the last year and a half, I have spent countless hours worrying. What is wrong with my body? Why do I feel this way? What if the test comes back positive? What if something happens to me? What would happen to my wife and kids? When will I find out? What will the answer be? It's not lymphoma, and for that I can celebrate, and, and, and that's a relief for me, though it's not for many. But man, I spent a lot of time worrying that I can't get back. And now, as my wife can attest, I'm slowly, slowly trying to put Paul's words into practice here. But it's not easy. It's especially not easy if we read Paul's words wrong here. 
What he's not saying here is don't have any worries. He knows that's not possible, especially when we live in a divided society and in bodies that are so fragile. But look at verse 6. It begins with the word worry and ends with the word requests. Paul exhorts us to change our worries. Instead of sitting and ruminating about our lives and our world, instead of letting our worries rob our joy, he tells us to take our worries and present them as requests to God. How? Well, in the spirit of thanksgiving, he gives us a, a, a little bit of ingredient list here. First, pray. He says, simply approach God. Go to your real Lord and Savior. Second, bring him your supplications. Other versions say, bring him your petitions. In short, tell God what you're worried about. And third, give thanks. Look around and see what there is to be thankful for. For me, it's good doctors, insurance, and the fact that I even have a family to worry about. But mostly I'm thankful for the one thing that we all have in common that we are citizens of a kingdom that outlasts our bodies and any problems we might face in this world. When we bring everything through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, our worries become requests. That's because they are not just in our hands anymore, and we are free from having to carry their full weight. So give it a try this holiday season. Give God your requests. Every year at Thanksgiving, my mom brings lemonade jello. I don't really have an understanding of what goes in it. I think it's powdered lemonade. I think it's jello. I know it's a lot of Cool Whip. But whatever goes in it, I know that when it comes out of the, out of the refrigerator, it's nothing short of heavenly. Now, there's no right recipe for peace. But Paul gives us some directions here. When we give joy, give gentleness, and give our requests, we enter into a reoriented way of living. It's then when we are oriented to the kingdom rather than the world that we find ourselves in a place where we can receive a peace that's beyond understanding. So this holiday season, Let's remember that nothing we do in this world, no party we throw, gifts we buy, or dishes we make will bring us peace. Rather, let's reorient ourselves to the Prince of Peace. Instead of go, 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 let's give, give, give. May we all know God's peace this holiday season. Father God, you offered your Son so that we may enter a kingdom of joy and peace. Tonight, we seek that for ourselves and the world around us. Lord, this holiday season, may we practice giving joy, gentleness, and requests so that we may experience a peace beyond understanding and so that we may be bearers of the peace that our world so desperately longs for. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.